0: We're on the heels of Zayin Adar. And uh, Eitan said, what's Zayin Adar? (laughs) So Zayin Adar is the Hilulah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Um, And Zayin Adar plays an important role. It's related to Purim. Part of the, the Midrash Chazal is that Haman was so ecstatic and elated when he did the Pur. He drew lots and he found that the day of his decree fell in the month that Moshe Rabbeinu was Niftar. Says, ah, oh, see, even their their goel, their leader, their redeemer, their Torah, their whole existence—it this is the finality. This is where it all ends. What he didn't know is that it's also the the time when Moshe Benno was born, because Ein Adar is his birth and his death. And I think within that, Nekuda itself, there's something very important um, that that. Is going to be related a little bit to how we how we're approaching this Torah as well, because obviously Moshe Rabbeinu dying is an enormous loss, right? In, in, in a sense, from the time of Moshe Rabbeinu's birth in Sefer Shmot until Mamash the last pasuk of the Torah, the whole thing is like Moshe Rabbeinu takes up three and a half books of of Chumash, and it's like it ends with his death. Like he is the teacher, he is the one who brings redemption, the one who brings us to Harsina, the one who continuously is leading us and guiding us, and then the tragic end that he doesn't enter the land. It's Mamash takes up more than half the Torah. So you'd think, okay, Moshe Rabbeinu's death means that those wellsprings of Torah, that source of guidance and teaching, is closed, is buried. But Chazal teaches us, well, it's also Moshe Rabbeinu's birth. Because we we obviously know that Moshe Rabbeinu physically dying, in no way, made us stop learning from Moshe. He he is till today Rabbeinu. We're still learning Torah of Moshe. That the teaching that Moshe Rabbeinu taught in his forty years of guiding Yom Yisrael, it didn't it wasn't exhausted in those forty years. We're still going back to that same not only that same those same words of Torah that Moshe taught us, but but really we're returning to the same point of contact with the Kaddash Baruch Hu that Moshe Rabbeinu opened for us. The point of Nivua. The point of what Moshe, Moshe taught is that human beings truly can live in contact with God. And that was, in a sense, Moshe's mission to all of Amisrael. Can't you all be prophets too? He says that explicitly. He says that explicitly. He didn't want there to be this split between the man on the mountain and the people who who say, Don't we don't want to hear God, you speak to us instead. Remember Moshe was so upset about that? He wanted everybody to be elevated. And so, so that path that Moshe opened for us is, is continuing to not only continuing as a tradition, but it's continuing to be renewed and and, and, and moving and extending outward and forward in new, new and and new ways and new revelations. And the, so something I want to begin with as we're entering the piece, that's the Rebbe's Torah, is in a sense a similar idea. What I'd like for us to, to do today is we're going to look at this piece from the beginning of Tzav Ziruz, which is Rebbe's uh, spiritual journal. We're going to read the opening piece, and then we're going to enter into a drasha from Sefer De'Achamel, okay? And, but this piece, in a sense, is, is an introduction to what all of learning from the piece that's nice about. Okay. He wrote, beyond his farim of, of Drashot and of Hadracha in, in, in Avodat Hashem, he wrote also a, a personal journal. And this is his opening entry. Okay, It would be so good if, at the end of our years of living in this world, we would be able to live... At the very least, another 70 years. Right, another lifetime. Mamish, a second lifetime. Why? Every single day of our lives, we work our whole lifetimes to educate ourselves. To straighten out the crookedness within us, to raise and develop greatness within us. (laughs) After we'd worked towards this an entire (coughs) lifetime, 70 years, we would have the merit to finally actually live 70 years of a refined life that we had worked towards. In this world, Right, Not just to have. Okay, there's like a netzach, uh, There's some. There's some eternal life. No, the Rebbe saying. I, I, Halavai. I I wish that I could truly taste a complete life in this world. <laughs> After this difficult lifetime, suddenly we are no longer. <laughs> this is the Rebbe's quoting here from. Um, in Breshit, I believe it's about chanoch. Chanoch, walked in God's ways, Elohim. God, he disappeared. He was taken by God. So the Rebbe says, this is what happens. We, have this, we work for something our whole life. And, and until our dying day, we're working towards that. And we never get to live the benefits of what we worked for in a full way in this world. That's what the Rebbe is hoping for here. So, the Rebbe, so imagine that of the, you're in the entire lifetime. That that retrospective of saying, oh, now I know what my life is about. Now I know how I would want to live. But pito But life is taken away from us at, in a certain moment. I think it's even more like shocking when you try and like teach your kids. Mm. You know, because that's like what a parent is, right? Because mm-hmm. a parent mm-hmm. exactly what you say. Mm-hmm. That's when you give what you want to give over to your children. But they all have their own tidbits, you know, when they go they forward. Their, in their and their way. own pace of yeah, yeah. development. It's yeah. like, well, I have, I have yeah. 40 years of life experience. Yeah. I want to teach my one-year-old. Shkoyach. And more me'ata. So there says, so what can we do? What can we do? What can we say? Tov they're shown komach shvotav. It's good then for a person to write down all of their thoughts. Not to make a name for themselves um, as an author of a book, but rather to to etch them their self, their selves, their, their etzem onto paper, and to give existence to all of the turnings of the soul, nifiloteha im aliyoteha, its fallings, its failures, with its elevations, with its successes. V'chol and the entire essence of the person's soul, tsurata, hasagata, its shape, its comprehension, everything it came to understand, kinyana, everything that the soul acquired in its lifetime, shekantala that it managed to, to learn and achieve in its life, ta'mon nachaya it will continue to live. How will it keep living? It will live eternal life beker of ochleha will The soul and all that it experienced and learned in this world will live eternal life within those who eat it and swallow it. Those who hmm. ingest it and absorb it and digest it. One generation takes its clothes off and the next generation puts its clothes on. What the rabbi saying is that by writing the soul's journey on paper, in a sense, keeping a biography of the soul, so later generations can... Mamash draw sustenance. Eat and swallow within themselves what that soul's learning in its lifetime was. And so in that way, the soul continues to live through those people. It's a really graphic image. uvel <laughs> eha. It's very physical. You, you're, you're eating the soul of the previous generation. You're eating... We're eating the Rebbe's soul when we're learning his... His words the, it, 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 it reminds, Rabbi Nachman talks about the tzaddik swallowing the Chassid the student right uh, he says when, when the Maragliums say Eretz Ochelet Yosheh Eretz Israel eats its inhabitants Rabbi says this is Ashki the Shvach this is a praiseworthy thing it means that you can become absorbed into Eretz Yisrael and when you digest something it becomes it becomes identical to your very being Right? I'm drinking coffee. This coffee, the nutrients in this coffee are going to become part of my body. It will become me. Eretz Yisrael swallows its inhabitants. We can become part of her. The tzaddik, he says, the greatest achievement is to be swallowed by a tzaddik, to become part of the tzaddik. The Pesessor is turning that around. The Pesessor is saying, I want you to swallow me. I want you to eat my soul. I want it to become part of you. Everything that I learned and worked for in this lifetime... I don't want it to end with me, so I'm writing it down. I'm putting my soul in these words in this paper for you to breathe it in, to take it in, to digest it and absorb it, and make it part of you. And and in doing that, he says you will give me eternal life. C- can I? Throw in it? this world. The other thing I want to say is that for the P.S.S. himself, he now he wrote this before the war, but. But what the P.S.S.N. literally did was write himself on paper and he exists today because he wrote himself on paper and buried <clears> in the earth mm-hmm. and was recovered and is being read and learned and continued. And that actually today. means that he gets to live more than 70 years through us. This is what, that's exactly what he, that's, that's, that's exactly what he means here. That's exactly what he means. But, but just to just think, you know, I was thinking about this. If Okay, if the Rebbe hadn't written the Ish Kodesh, let's say. But let's say more than that. Because the Rebbe buried the Ish Kodesh in, in the ghetto. He buried this Safer we're learning. He buried two, three, four of his farim that we have today were buried in that canister. If they hadn't been buried, if they hadn't been found, he would... Be relatively unknown to any of us. He wrote Chovat At-Tamidin. That was a popular book in pre-war, interwar Poland. Okay, so we'd have this one book from him. It's pretty. It's 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 deep. It's profound, but it's it's one piece of the whole picture. How many people would have would have would have come to know about that Safer? The Derech was, was drashot that that his Talmudim brought over before the war and that survived. So maybe we'd have had. Those. But who would have who would have ever gotten to the drashot? right? If, if if the Ish Kodesh had never been written, if he had not chosen to write his his soul's learning on paper throughout those years and to devote himself to that avoda so much so that he he put it into the earth to be preserved for all generations, he would have disappeared he would have disappeared in this world. And what he's saying here is, we have, to, we have no other choice but to put our souls onto paper. Just Mosh, the, the vision that he's laying out here, we are literally continuing and, and, and making real today. By reading. These words were buried in that canister. These words would not be here. Other, and, he, and he's telling us what he was doing right here. So it's just an absolutely mind-blowing thing. You know, so this, this brings me back to, to a little bit to this theme of Zainahar, yeah that the teacher can, can die and live at the same time. That in some ways, the end of the teacher's life is, is m- transformed into the birth of their teaching in a whole different way. So did the teacher disappear? Was the teacher, um, did the teacher change forms and now the teacher lives in these words? What the Rebbe is saying here, if we just listen to his words, <speaking in Hebrew> to live eternal life <speaking in Hebrew> among those who are ingesting that soul that was etched onto paper. <speaking in Hebrew> One generation is going to remove its garments. It's going to be. It's bodily existence is going to end. Another generation is going to take those same garments and put them on and wear wear the learnings and the teachings of that that previous generation. I want to read the, the footnote here on that last phrase. When one generation, meaning a subsequent generation, swallows, again, at atz or at atzmut nafsho the the essence of the soul the the bones of the soul of the author into itself ugehitiv <coughs> asher begin 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 bchanich hoteah and in the in the in the good ways you know in the hitiv in the in the the ways of benefit of that soul's um, education and achievements, the next generation is going to act. Basically saying, we're going to not only take that soul into us, but we're going to live the goodness that that soul learned throughout its lifetime. <laughs> and another generation after that generation. <laughs> then, the soul of the author is truly going to be living eternal life among those who are eating and ingesting it. Each generation is going to take off those clothes, each generation is going to going to end, and the next generation is going to put those same clothes on and wear them in their way and continue it. So the Rebbe was Mamash. He, every word he wrote is, is for the sake of living eternally through people who are going to learn the story. This is in my mind day just a a general kavana and awareness to have when we're, when we're reading his words. He's telling us, I'm breathing my soul into this page for you in the hopes that you're going to to breathe it into you as well. So, you think so this, it's not just like a journal <laughs> like today I went to the store and bought some bread. This safer is for sure not. not. <laughs> this safer he you if you read it subasir you see that he was very um, use love, this, discernment, discretion about what he wanted us to, what he wanted mm-hmm. to share with mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. So, so with this uh, introduction, this is a uh, a drasha from Parsha Toldot in Der Shnat Tafresh Tzadi, which I believe is 1930. But Toldos, would toldot be 30 or 29? What do you think, Yana? 29 probably, yeah. Uh, I'm saying Toldot. Toldot. "toldot," where are we in Toldot? 29 probably Um, so again Der HaMelech is is a Mm Yohav. is a collection of uh, drashot that the Rabbi taught before World War II it's it's all earlier than Kodesh. it's from the 20s into the early 30s and um, from my understanding is that these drashot were brought by some of his chassidim to Israel before the war primarily and were printed later and, uh, and some of them, um, were, there was also documents here that were added after the war that, that somehow made it through. So it's, it's got a collection of Rabbi's letters and other things, and, and also his drashos from from the earlier years. Okay. Okay. This is what Rabbi says. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay, Parsha Toldot starts. These are the generations of Yitzchak, son of Abraham. Abraham gave birth to Yitzchak. The weirdest pasuk, because it says, these are Yitzchak's generations, and then it says, "Abraham gave birth to Yitzchak. Right? You, you'd think, after you say these are Yitzchak's generations, you're going to hear about Yitzchak's children. Right? So the, the Rebbe's going to bring up that question. Can, can, I, can I just say a quick yeah. thing? Well, I mean, one way you could interpret it is exactly what we just learned, that each generation wears the clothing of, of the previous one. Okay. And so contained within that pasuk of like, well, wh- what is what? How mm. if if we're starting with Yitzhak, mm. then why are we talking about Avraham gave mm-hmm. birth to Yitzhak? Mm-hmm. Well, because Avraham's inside Yitzhak. Mm. Yitzhak is actually. So your your mamash already like prophesizing to six pages later. He doesn't exactly <laughs> say it in this way, but there is some kind of relation to, well, maybe Yitzhak being born from Avraham had something to do with Yitzhak too, or the way that Yitzhak emerges from Avraham is a tolada, You know, mm-hmm. so we're. Really giving away the end, it's not really a spoiler because, as you see, there. the way the Rebbe works in these drush out is what he talks about in the beginning, mush doesn't get to, to the final three lines of the whole thing. We're gonna go on a journey here, okay? So, we might not even go all the way to the end, we might just take half this, half this drush out, but but yeah, time. there's a reason I put these. Th- these th- <laughs> <laughs> So the Rebbe uh, asks, lama od Mashak Pasha Okay, first pshat. Why is the Pasuk telling me already? Avram gave birth to Yitzchak. I learned that a few in the last parsha. We heard about the birth of Yitzchak. You don't have to tell me again. Avram gave birth to Yitzchak. Virashi Okay, what did Rashi p- mifarish there? Who's got it? Chomesh. Let's get a get a sheet out. In the meantime, in the meantime, that's a sitter. In the meantime, I'm going to read on. If someone can grab a chumash breishit with Rashi. Okay. Ah, remember what Rashi said? I think I think what Rashi said was that there was militzi the, the 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 scoffers of the generation were saying, Ah, Sarah's baby isn't Abraham's baby. He's too old to give birth. She must have had a baby from somebody else. So Yitzchak looked just like Abraham. That might be, it might be that Rashi. We'll, we'll wait till somebody finds it. Yeah, that's it. The Leitzanei Hador. The Leitzanei Hador says, oh no, Avi is the one who gave birth. To, it's really Yitzchak's Avimelech's child, so... Thank you. So, Kosh uh, Baruch Hu made Yitzchak look just like Abraham For there to be clear Avraham no, holy Yitzchak. Yeah, we got it. Safari. It's great. It's, great. It's, it's all. It's all. It's all good. <laughs> it's all, all the work. All the, we're going to see. All the work is important. That's what this Torah is going to talk about okay? <laughs> So the Rebbe is saying, even with Perish Rashi, that Yitzchak looked like Avraham because they sent nah, So. But say there, Talk about it before when Yitzchak's born. Don't tell me all about this now when we're talking about Yitzchak's children. Yeah, we're at the next generation already, aren't we? <laughs> okay. So he's quoting now from, I believe this is Rabbi El here, is, if I'm not mistaken, is the, child, is the son of uh, Rabbi Melech. So, yeah, his name is El or Eliezer? Rabbi Elimelech's son. Remember? If you don't remember, you think I remember? So, in the name of Rabbi Elimelech, Alagamara, Gemara, Shamar Hamanachash Vero, Shveetateha Melech in Amosim. And the Gemara says, you, you remember that one of the things that Haman said to Achashverosh was They don't keep the customs of the king. They don't follow the, the dot, the religion or the customs of the king. And the Gemara says what was bothering him so much was all year round you know, today it's Shabbos. Today it's Pesach. They all have they have their own like they live in their own calendar. Or they have their own way of, of just relating to every single day. It's, it's not. It's like they live among us, but they're not. They're living in a different reality. Every day, although it's, it's it's a different day. You don't even live in the same day as us. Yeah. The Hikshah. The Rabbi said, "Ich He's in the What do you mean all year round? Shabbos, Hurog Yom Shavua. There's only one day a week that's Shabbos. UPesach, uh, Shabuva Vashana. Pesach is just one week in the whole year. Haman was annoyed that all year they have different days. So it's not all year. The Amar B'kod show. he said in his holy interpretation, "Shehayake Kodsh Haman Otan Kodim Kol Mitzvah." What was really the needle in the eye of Haman? What was really got to him? is not just that there's one day a week that's Shabbos and one week a year that's called Pesach. But it's that Yisra, Am Yisrael is always doing hachanot for all of their mitzvot. All year round, they're doing something attached to these mitzvot. all week long, they're preparing for Shabbos. All year round, they're preparing for Pesach. So that's why it's Koleshana. It's not every day is a different holiday. It's what Haman couldn't... Stand was the constant preparation, the constant state of anticipation towards and directing themselves towards something. But, you know, I think probably in its original context, Rabbi Le Melech is, is, is learning from this, uh, teaching, teaching us about a Avoda Is that, you no, know, our whole lives, Shabbos is one day in a, of the week, but our whole week is bound to Shabbos. And the we count every day. Right? Our whole lives are directed, and not only organized by these special times, but they're directed towards. You know, we're remembering Yitzhemi time every single day. You're telling me I'm not preparing for Pesach? I'll just tell, uh, tell stories that the Rapshitzur Rabbi, he said that like every, every soul has a, a mitzvah that's connected to its shorosh Nishama that it's constantly devoted towards, and his mitzvah was sukkah. Every single day of the year, the Rav Shitzer would, would do, make an adjustment on his sukkah. Move a pole, you know, hang a decoration, sweep the floor. Every day he was touching sukkah. The hachanot, you know, the hachanot can, can be constant. How, and in a sense, it's how broad is your consciousness? What do you, how broad, broadly are you holding in your consciousness? Is it just like, right now I'm doing this and this is all there is, and right now it's not this, so this doesn't exist for me? Or is it somewhere in my Wednesday Shabbos is also part of my, part of my reality? Let's read on, because the Rebbe is going to give his own... He quoted from Rabbi Melech, he's going to give his own, now, interpretation, and this is what he does oftentimes in, 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 uh, in his drashot, this you know, I'll start with a Rashi or the Midrash. He'll bring a Torah from one of the previous Hasidic Rebbe's, and then he'll give his own parish on what, the, what that Rebbe is saying. Like, the the <laughs> on <Akroni man chassidis. laughs> Okay. So, what's this hachanos for the mitzvah about? Ki kol mitzvah gvo'ha Every mitzvah is extremely high. It's extremely elevated. V'ief sharlo these el We cannot, it's impossible for us to, in one leap, just reach the mitzvah. But it's, it's, since we, we prepare ourselves, we make preparations, so then every stage of preparation is one step closer to the mitzvah until we eventually arrive at it. Like somebody who's climbing a high mountain. Do we only say when he's at the peak? Oh, look, they're on the mountain. No, every single step along up the mountain is in a, is another elevation and even when you're at the in the middle of the mountain you're on the mountain the you' you're 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 in that place that's above the rest of the world who are down at the at the foot and and if that mountain wasn't taller, you'd already be at the top. NIMTSA SHHU KFAR ALA You've already ascended the mountain. RAK SHE'AT HAYESH But right now, there's more for you to ascend. LAHAR HASHENISH NIMTSA MA'AL HAHAR SHE'AL HAKFAR To the next peak, the next mountain that's beyond the mountain you've already climbed. KEN KOL HACHANOT SHE'OSSEH HAYISRA LEMITZVAH Every single preparation, every single step that a person takes towards a mitzvah is an asiyah. It's truly, it's a true action, yeah? It's not just a path towards. It's, 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 it itself has meaning. And it's an aliyah. It's, it is an elevation already. But what the mitzvah itself is still beyond that. Ad... Shabbat the mitzvah. And we continue to prepare and prepare and prepare and do greater stages of moving towards that mitzvah till we finally reach that mitzvah. Now, I'm wondering, we'll see, he's going to speak more about this, but a part of me wonders, you know, we could read this and say, okay, like, uh, so for example, Shachrit, mayachanot for Shachrit, involve, who knows what, Until you die, maybe if I'm really holy, I go to the mikvah. maybe I, uh, you know, if I'm from the Hasidim, Mishorim, I'm Shoa Achat, I meditate and clear my mind. These are all hachanot, you know. And then, then I got to the mitzvah. Now I do it. So that, that's a very limited, even way to look at it. I, I think on some level the Rebbe might also be saying, to really touch the depth of a mitzvah, we're continue we're continuously preparing ourselves towards it. We're always coming closer to the mitzvah. It could be that I daven for 20 years and then once, I, and then I reach the mitzvah. And then it could be that even once I reach the mitzvah, it's odiotergavah, and, and I continue moving towards it. You know, that, that the, there's one way to look at this. It's just, okay, there's hachanot for a mitzvah, and we, we can understand what that is in, in a local context, and maybe that's what the Rebbe is saying. You prepare yourself to do a mitzvah, but the preparation isn't tafel. The preparation is not um, unimportant. The preparation is, sorry, is, is an elevation already. I'm lifting myself upward toward that elevated encounter with a mitzvah. But I think there's also a broader vision here, which is mitzvot are, it's an endless mountain. You reach a peak, and there's another peak. And every stage, every single step in our avodah is another elevation. And I think that that's really, you know, we're in a constant stage of, constant process of further refinement and, and climbing. I think I think in the Rebbe's words here, we have, yes, there's there's the, the hachanah, we're always moving towards something higher and more elevated. And what we're doing now, be, because we're on this path upward and forward, what we're doing now, no matter how small it might seem to us, we might say, it's just a hachanah, it's not even the mitzvah. He's saying, no, 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 that is the maiseh. That is the aliyah. Because that is where you are, and you cannot... Move to the higher part of the mountain without climbing to that stage you are right now. And this was the Kotz Bifnei Haman. This Haman was just like... That itself had an effect, right? That itself had an effect. That's, that's what they're is saying. The Hachanot themselves, don't disregard what you might say, oh, it's, it's not even the mitzvah, or it's an, an incomplete, or I'm not even there yet. Don't disregard any of that. You know, we're, we're, we're on this wheel, <laughs> and, and we're continuing to... To, to move forward and upward. Ki ita midrash says in Midrash Tanhuma, la-Kadosh Baruch Hu ben shochet veochel Does God really care if you slaughter an animal and eat it versus puncturing its lungs and eating it? Pretty radical question, right? One's kosher, one's not. But the, the Midrash says, but you think God cares? <laughs> this is not much a crazy midrash. Midrash says, you know what? Maybe God doesn't care actually if you slaughter it or puncture its lung. But the mitzvot were given, tzarev behenat abriots. The mitzvah isn't given because it's. Again, this isn't the only take on mitzvot. This is one approach in the midrash. Don't think it's all about you did it the right way and so that's all the mitzvot is about. No, no, no. The mitzvot are the et the biot. It's for you to become refined. It's for people to become refined through them. The midrash is saying that the the purpose of mitzvot and the structures of mitzvot and the specific forms of mitzvot is not only to say like, okay, this is how it has to be done. But it's it's meant our relationship to through acting in these ways has a kavana of of having an effect of self-refinement. It could be God would... God could have said, kill the animal this way, could have said, kill the animal that way. The Ikars, as far as the midrash here is concerned, is I'm doing it in the way that God asked me because... By, by interacting in this way, I'm going to become refined through it. The mitzvot are there for us to become refined. You know, it, what it's really doing is the modern day question, people ask, does God care if I turn on the line of Does God care if I do this? Does God care if I do that? Right? The Medrash is saying you're asking the wrong question. That's not the question. The question is, what happens to you when you're doing things the way God is asking it of you. Where are you in the activity? The Icar here is not, you know, did you get in the elevator on Shabbos or not? Does God care about that? Is God <coughs> going to strike you with lightning? Because the Icar here is, by, in, by, by raising our, our awareness and consciousness through the way that we're interacting with Mitzvot, we will become refined. It's not the question of it could have been that way, it could have been that way. You're right, it could have been that way, it could have been that way. What's, what's wild about another, another layer that's just radical about this Midrash is that it's saying, what's the ikkar of the mitzvah? Us? Us. ben Lo nitnu mitzvot, The mitzvot themselves have a higher purpose and outcome to them than just doing what you're supposed to do, which is becoming something greater. Okay, let's read on As The Rebbe is going to, going to take this further. Sheikar ha-mitzvot hen lezakech ulegalot at Yisrael ha The primary, the ikar, root, purpose of mitzvot is to refine l'leben ulegalot at a Yisrael hamiti, To cleanse and to uncover the true Yisrael. The Israel hamiti, The <clears throat> Identity of your <clears throat> soul is meant to be revealed through the mitzvot and come out in its fullest expression. Mashal lebalagan, balagan. An analogy to somebody who's a gardener. It's like you're saying it was balagan. Yeah, mashal lebalagan. <laughs> it's a mashal <laughs> to a. Shalav la sot masim So he's gotta do all sorts of actions in his garden. Right? You have to plow, you have to plant, you have to trim, you have to water. There's so many steps to take care of the garden. But why is he doing all of it? So that the rose, the lily, will will grow, will be uncovered. If the gardener did all of that work and the lily never came out, he didn't do anything. So too, all of our ma'aseh mitzvot is to uncover the lily, is to reveal and bring out the Ish HaYisrael HaMiti. The true expression of our souls. Can you tra- directly translate "ish israel, Amiti? One second. Let me first just say, finish this this thought, which is, the Rebbe is, is saying here. You can do all the mitzvot in the world, and if the if the soul doesn't become revealed, Lopa paal klum. It's like the gardener who mamish worked the whole season and and, and nothing nothing blooms nothing flowered you want me to translate what ish obviously it's not the aleph male no it's not the aleph male what? no but it's an interesting it's just just it's 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 an interesting concept yeah. to me the true person of yisrael mm-hmm. something that i'm adding here in my translation and here i didn't but in general is that um P. Sessner oftentimes talks about the Israel or the Ish Israel. You see this in Rabbi Nachman also. Mm-hmm. They don't say, like, a Yehudi or a person. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they use those phrases too, but, but this focus on calling us Israel is because Israel is the name of our soul. But it's also it's a, the name of the root of, of Nishmat Israel. Mm-hmm. It's not saying you're, you're not just a person who's part of a tribe. We're speaking to the identity, the core identity, the core spiritual identity. In the higher higher world, higher reality, there's a lot of holiness. And the soul too. It's primary or the fullest expression of its holiness and its glory is 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 in this higher is in some higher spiritual reality. However, we need to reveal a kind of this this kind of holiness also in this world, in the body that is formed from the earth. It's a beautiful expression. min Yeah. Which I think is l'oluchinam that he brought a mashal before of the gardener and the flower. So yes, it's, it, the, whole, the soul is high and holy in some soul reality. But our whole avodah, the whole purpose is to reveal the soul's holiness here in this earth, within the body that is hewn from earth. <coughs> it's not only about um, some kind of admixture. That the the soul and the body they can live together in the world. <laughs> that the, the soul's holiness exists here, just alongside or even within the body in its low state. <laughs> to live as a low body with a holy soul. That is what the like he says. That's like what the gemara says. Wicked people in their lifetimes are called dead. I'm going to read it in a sentence and then explain what he means by the Gemara here. Because the soul, it was alive before it came to this world. It was alive before your body was born. But the body also needs to truly be alive together with the soul in this world. If all the soul is, is merely a garment for the soul, it's not truly alive. What the Rebbe means by quoting Rashaim Bechayim Krui right? the Qumari says, wicked people are called dead in their lifetime. He's saying, if all your body is, is an unholy container for your holy soul, so it's like you're alive, but you're not actually. Your body's not truly alive. Your body's just a, a place for your soul to live. There's only part of you that's truly existing here if the body is merely this unholy um, vessel, and the soul is the only holy thing, so the body's not really alive. It's the soul that's really alive. But that's not enough, the Rebbe says. It's not enough for this to be the the situation. It's not the point. Because think about clothes, think about garments for a minute. When your body moves, we see that your clothes move also. But you never say, "Oh, look, the clothes are alive; they're moving." They're all, the clothes are only moving because there's a person who's moving with them, right? So he's, this is the If if your body is only a levush for your neshama, your body's not really alive. Your neshama alive, and your body's just moving along with it, like a, like your jacket. You yeah, they say about the Barshemtoh. He said the Moved on their own. that his tzitzes shook and quivered. That they weren't second, his, his lavush, you know, wasn't secondary merely to a body, but but the, the chayut of Kedusha within him was so great that it extended to all of his his physical garments. So, but the is saying the opposite here. Yeah? The Rebbe's saying, if we, I see you walking, I wouldn't say, oh, look at that sweatshirt, it must be alive. No, why is she walking? So, of course his sweatshirt is moving. So, so too, when you take that to the neshama and the goof, you could say, oh look, that person is walking, but no, no, no their soul is alive, but their body is dead. Their body is just a sweatshirt. <laughs> Rather, it is through the hitchabrut, the joining together of goof and neshama, of body and soul, that yitkaleh min there will be revealed a kind of holiness, shelo nimtzit gam olamot that does not even exist in the higher worlds. That dafka doesn't exist in the higher worlds. Right? The neshama, it's all great and holy up in, the, and up in its high place. But in this world, when the neshama and the goof can be united, the kind of holiness that is produced from that is something that does not exist in the olam ha'lyon. Haneshama... Both the body and soul together are transformed into holiness. There's a unified holy being that is created here from the joining of body and soul. the Rabbi's talking about here is, is, is this sinyan, the this, teref benetabriot, right? This, this whole, there, there's a purpose here. There's purposefulness for our body to be living in olam hazeh, interacting with Kedusha, with the soul inside of us in this lifetime, to be transformed into something that has not existed before, that does not exist, the soul, in its isolated existence, but for the body and the soul together to be transformed into a a new kind of Kedusha that can only exist here in 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 a physical reality. Mashal Like a candle that's burning. Ma Ma What is there? What are the ingredients of this flame? Well there's there's oil and there's a wick. Avalhaim but would you look at the flame and say, Oh look at that wick and, and oil. What a beautiful wick and oil you have on your table. Yes, yeah, it's true that at first there was a wick and there was oil, but right now, that wick and that oil, those ingredients have been transformed into light. Orachad It is one single light that's shining here. Right. So yes, the body and the soul are two elements that were brought together, but they together can be transformed into a single light. And we actually have an early reference to this in Chazel. He's going to get into it. If Adam HaRishon had not eaten from the tree, there would never be some kind of death and separation between the body and the soul. Right? This is, what the, this is one interpretation of what it means. When you eat from that tree, you will now experience a life of death. Not only you know, Chazal says Adam Rishon would have lived eternally without eating from the tree, so that's one pshat. But there, there's another pshat which is the separate the, the body and soul living as two separate entities. It means that life and death are kind of there's an admixture of the two of them. There's a limitation to how how our lives are. Without eating from the tree without separating the body from the soul, there would not be merely a mixture of a soul and a body. They would simply be one single light. Okay? That's what happened? There was a separation between body and so, so Chazal says that, remember it says after eating from the tree that Hashem made them kotnot or? Oyal bishem? Hashem made them garments of leather or even skin? Hashem clothed them in skin? After they ate from the tree, so Rabbi Mary's Sefer Torah says Kot not or" with an Aleph. <clears throat> Rabbi Mary's Sefer Torah says that they, they had a garment of light. And Chazal says really in the midrash, what? Really Rabbi Mary the Tanna. There's a few things Rabbi Mary's Sefer Torah that Chazal says were written differently. It's some of the most far out stuff. But but Chazal says that before eating from the tree, the bodies of Adam and Chava were these translucent. Lights, and after eating from the tree, they were covered by skin, or covered by clothing, or however you want to take that that oar. They became, they were transitioned from being a being of light to a being of, of flesh, so to speak. Right. So the body and the soul were one thing before. It was a, a, a light body. Um, this is the reason, by the way, that we look at our fingernails in the havdalah candle. The Zohar says that because Shabbos is a taste of Olam Haba, is a taste of Gan Eden, where we can experience the body being in the fullest of its holy reality. And when we leave Shabbos, we're leaving that reality. And by looking at the light reflecting off of our fingernails, it reminds us of the body of light that we taste on Shabbos. You hear that? As in we see the in you see light. You see that light shining off of your body, and it's, it's something to hold on to as you go back into the week of my, I, I was a body of light for, this, for the last 24 hours. Yeah. I am, in my source, in my root, a body of light. I can become a body of light. It's, it's, it goes on because Chazal also says that <laughs> this translucent body it was like al tipur naim, it was all uh, fingernail, mm-hmm. right Which is also this like shining, reflective. Translucent, transparent kind of material. Okay. Let's come back into, into the into the What did God say to Adam after after they from the tree? You are dirt and you will return to dirt. Tam. Lama Afar so wait, so the Rebbe's is reading this reading Pesach. What do you mean? You're, now you're going to return to the earth because you come from the earth. But they're saying, wait a minute. Didn't Adam come from the earth beforehand also? Before he ate from the tree? What, only now he came from the earth? So only now he's going to return to the earth? You know, why is that the response? It sounds like that's the reason God is saying. Oh, since you came from the earth, Adam, guess what, now you're going to return to the earth. Why, 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 why is that being said now? It should have, should have been true all along. Of al canal. But this is how the Rebbe is interpreting it. Az lo haya afar, ki laor. He from the tree? Yes, Adam was formed from the earth, but he was not afar. Listen to the words again in Afar ata afar tashuv. What does God say to Adam after the tree? It doesn't say, you come from afar. It says, you are afar. The Rebbe says, "Yes, Adam came from afar beforehand, but he was not identified as afar. He came from afar, and he was transformed into light. But after the tree, afar atah. The afar is what you are now. Before the tree, the afar was, was transformed into light, kmo hashemin baor, just like the oil and the wick and the light and the flame." And since now, he, he sinned, he ate from the tree, and he's now called Afar. Now all he is is, I'm a body and I also have a soul. He's a, he's a combination of two elements. Now, because that's, that's his reality, so now he will return to the dirt. And now for us, here and now in the here and now, Oh sorry, not for the not for us. He's now he's still explaining Adam after the tree. Even after the tree, afshi even though yes, Adam will no longer have eternal life, Mamash, he's not gonna live in his body forever. no oh, no, he is talking about us. Us us and everybody after after eating from the tree. Okay, it's true that now eternal life in the body is impossible. Yeah? The guf and the neshama come from separate places, are separate entities, but they still can be joined together. The Rebbe says here something much crazy. What, if you can truly transform your, your body and soul into Kedusha Achat, yeah? Into one holy being, one holy life in this world... What death is, yeah? What physical death is, is, It's like the oil in the candle that was left over that for whatever reason wasn't able to be lit. There's part of the oil that couldn't be lit. There's part of the neshama that could not continue to live together in this world as in its unified state with the body. But it's like just the leftover oil of a kol haguf, but the entirety of our bodies, kochotav, all of the powers, all of the strength, all of the energy of the body, ritzonotav, all of the desires and, and will that lives within us. Marchvotav, all of the awareness, all of the thoughts, all of our consciousness, imanashama. The entirety of the body is what we need to work to transform into a single existence with the soul. What he's saying is basically kaha, The soul, not all of it's going to be. So there's going to be soul that doesn't that doesn't get lit, but the, the whole body can be lit. The whole body can be transformed to soul. That's 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 where he leaves us. Yes, Adam ate from the tree. We we live in a reality that we're we're mortal. We live in a reality that the goof and the neshama are not given as a unified. Life, and however, our path in life and our avodah life is to transform all of the kochot, ritsonot, makshavot all of the awareness, all of the desire, all of the abilities of the body. They tr- the Rebbe is saying here they truly can be transformed into this single light with the soul. As long as the soul is within our body, we have an ability to transform all the parts of our body into a, a living soul. In our physical existence. we'll continue with this next week Okay, Rebbe's going to give us more articulations of this idea we're, we're left like without kind of a full picture yeah it's a bit it's a bit large um, <clears throat> but I think what we've seen today from both pieces both Itzava zeroes that we started with and the beginning of this drasha is a a very deep faith in the the soul's ability to fully penetrate the body. Right, that that life does not need our conception of life and of spiritual life, of a connected life. It does not need to be limited to this perspective where okay, it exists somewhere else. We're saying all of this is Bidavka existing here, and this is where where we have an awesome and and um, potentially transformative avoda to participate in because we're here, because we're in bodies.